Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Consumer Watchdog's Rage for Justice Report, our weekly conversation about the current issues we're exposing, confronting, and changing. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Carmen Balver, Executive Director of Consumer Watchdog. And my guest today is Amy Bach. Uh, she's the Executive Director of United Policyholders, an organization that has been helping consumers in California and across the country prepare for and recover from uh, fires, floods, and other natural disasters, make sure they get the uh, insurance claims uh, and benefits that they're entitled to. Nothing could be more timely, so I'm uh, so glad you were able to be on, Amy. Well, Carmen, it's a pleasure to speak with you. Of course, I'm a big fan of Consumer Watchdog, and, and we are um, we are very much comrades in, in, um, in, in raging for insurance justice, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely, for many a year, many a year. Um, so everybody listening uh, will know that we are in the middle of a massive fires in California, including what has now been deemed the largest fire in California history. Um, increasing numbers of structures are being destroyed. And so I wanted to invite Amy on so uh, because she's the expert in advice to consumers on uh, steps they should take to uh, weather these firestorms, how to recover from wildfires and get the insurance benefits that you're due. So maybe just start with the basics, Amy. What what are the first steps after a fire that you tell, uh, that you give consumers? So um, we, we um, very, one of the first steps, you know, we have, we sort of bridge the practical tips about, you know, what, how do you, um, if, you know, how do you find a copy of your insurance policy? Uh, what you know? How do you find uh, temporary housing? How do you get your? What kind of money is available to you under your insurance policy to get you situated in replace in a in temporary housing? And and we we help people uh, with those again. There's just those practical things of of okay, how do you get the debris removed and 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 how do you how do you how do you pick yourself up off the emotional floor and 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 start to deal with um, putting your life back together, um, which and which is so so the, the bridge between the practical um, and then the then the mindset um, is part of our early guidance. So so we'll talk about you know the, the pragmatics of of getting documents that were destroyed you know reconstructed and and but then we will talk about your mindset um, early on uh, as far as as far as how people see insurance and, and help them very early understand that all the ads that they've seen about insurance are just ads. And, and you know, there's no, no one's going to come from your insurance company with a magic wand and make everything right. And, and, and your adjuster may be friendly, but they're not your friend. So we have to very, um, very gently explain to people that the, that insurance is a vehicle to get them back where they were before the loss, but it won't drive itself. And in fact, it's not at all. The process is not for most people like it's shown in ads. It's actually a business transaction and the insurance company is a for-profit company that then their objectives are not the same as yours. You know, they want to pay as little as possible and you want to collect as much as possible. So those are kind of the the the, prior, the, the, the first steps that we we help um, people take is to to take the right mindset about the situation and be practical 
um, and then learn lessons from other people that have been there and, and don't don't feel like you have to reinvent the wheel. You're going to get through it, um, but but take some guidance from people who've been there, done that, and our organization um, is there for that purpose. Right, and so you know your insurance adjuster um, may be sympathetic. And they may even be helpful, but they're still working for the insurance company at the end of the day, not working for you. So you have to keep that in mind. Right, right. We just try to really give them the, the straight scoop because without, without scaring them, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a fine line, right? Telling, telling people who've had something traumatic happen, um, we're here to make sure something, a second trauma doesn't happen. Because we, we hear a lot of people say, that dealing with their insurance um, company was like a second nightmare. And so obviously, you know, through our roadmap to recovery program, we try to prevent that from happening as much as we can. And, and one way that we do that is by having people get a, um, a realistic, have a realistic mindset about the dynamic so that they don't uh, get either, you know, rolled over by, by, you know, to take less than they're entitled to or um, take an adversarial approach from the get-go that can also slow things down, you know? So we, we just try to help people be realistic um, and strong, but have their eyes open so that they don't get taken advantage of. Well, so there's um, probably two different scenarios for people who are dealing with the current fires. One is that you've been evacuated, but your home survives. And the other is, uh, you've been evacuated and your home doesn't. So there are maybe different things to think about if you're returning to a home that's still standing after an evacuation than there is if you're returning to a home with significant or complete uh, complete damage. Yeah, and you know, it, in, in in some ca- in a lot of cases, actually, um, it's harder to uh, to get through your uh, your recovery when you have a partial loss than a total because with, with you probably been seeing this in the news or hearing about it um, that that there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of fighting between insurance companies and, and and homeowners about smoke damage and about the insurance company's obligations to clean and and all that sort of thing and and so you know with a total loss there's no question everything's gone it's gone so the only question is how much is would it cost to put it back you know when people have had um, either smoke damage or partial losses, there's there's often uh, delays and and arguing over whether there is pre-existing damage or how expensive the damage is or whether you know how much it should cost to fix it. So yeah, very different. I mean, I think um, traumatic in both both scenarios. You know, traumatic to have to have your home go down, obviously, um, and then you know, also traumatic. To deal with the partial, and, and there can be some some complications there, but but um, they're sort of different, two different communities in a, in, in a way. Two different communities of fire survivors, yeah. Meaning meaning what people call themselves standing homeowners, and and then the total losses. You know, insurers treat them differently, um, and and um, and they they experience the process differently in general. I mean, there's there's some commonality. It always comes down to um, what what was damaged or destroyed, and how much what's it, what's the value? How much is it going to cost to put it back? 
um, whether it's partial or total, th- those debates are, are similar, uh, but, the, but the, the way that insurers approach the claims is slightly different. So there are maybe some basic insurance claim uh, tips we can give people. One of them, one of them I always hear is that you need to keep detailed records, not just of what you've lost, but also of every conversation you have with the insurance company. When it happened, how long you talked, what was the gist of the conversation? Right, right, and we call that, and that that is one of our fundamental tips: is start a diary, a journal. Um, and keep track of of your daily uh, the daily events and who you talk to when and and what they said, particularly with your insurance claim, just so that you can um, you can stay organized. Because you know people after they've they've gone through a, uh, a disaster, they they typically don't sleep well and they don't think as clearly as they normally do um, for a couple months after it happens. So so keeping that journal is is practical on many levels. And then um, there is something really interesting on your website, and there are so many um, resources there. We'll, we'll give everyone the website. But um, one of the things that was really useful, I, I thought, was um, the advice about um, agreeing on what you called a scope of loss with your insurance company. And this, I think, um, can apply across the board, but perhaps more with folks who have more significant damage. Could you talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, that's a fancy way of saying what I was just talking about in terms of how, what was damaged and, and what's the value. So the scope is basically, you know, what what did this disaster do to this property, right? Um, and, and then, and then what's the cost of putting it back? And those are, those are the, um, uh, this, we, our, our um, prescription, what we will say the best way to avoid or resolve a dispute um, on a claim is to present the insurance company with as much objective proof as you can gather of the value um, of, and the scope of your loss. So that instead of just being in the passive position where you wait for the insurance company to tell you what they owe you to put your house back, you tell them uh, what what some third party estimates that you've gotten. Um, And that way, you know, that way the, the value and the extent of your loss is being fairly set, not just by some, you know, computer program that the adjuster wants to use to get in and get out. Right. And if you do that, if you go through that process, then you're not going to be surprised by uh, uh, an estimate from the insurance company that is wildly different than what you thought your losses were. Right, right, exactly. You know, what we're saying is try to get on the same page as much as possible with the insurance company about sizes, shapes, quality, um, and, you know, that's when we talk about a scope, we're talking about, you know, how big was the house, you know, what was the flooring, and how many square yards of carpet and all that. If you can get to an agreement with an insurance company on the scope, then it's easier to 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 resolve any disagreements about pricing because that, that way you can say well, well we ought, we agree that you know there uh, there's uh, that 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 the x amount of lumber is required then then all we need to agree on then is how much it will cost to buy that lumber right. and once if you can you know the, the the disputes between insurance companies and their customers are, 
on on costs are so common. So the the trying to reach an agreement on the scope is is a good way to minimize those disputes over pricing. So maybe one last question, and I don't know if you have an answer to this. It probably varies, but we frequently get asked, when should I get uh, outside help um, if if um, the insurance company's adjuster comes back with something I don't agree with? Do I need to hire someone else outside to do an estimate for me? Um, so not not right away necessarily. You know, we say give the insurance company a chance to do the right thing, but don't be a pushover. Um, and there are sources of free help, um, our organization, of course, being one of them, uphelp.org. And then the California Department of Insurance has a consumer services bureau, and there are uh, people there, and their job is if you file a, a request for assistance with them, which you can do for free, and you can do it um, online or by phone, um, you know, they can be a free source of, of helping. Um, but, but you know, there are, for a lot of people, if you're if you're elderly or you are uh, disabled or you have little kids and you work and, and you just don't have time, you know, to put in to, to managing your own um, insurance claim after a disaster, then it's perfectly appropriate to hire what's called a public adjuster as long as you do your research and you check their references um, and they will stand in your shoes and deal with all the paperwork and all the, you know, meetings um, uh, that you otherwise don't have time to or or patients to deal with. So Amy, I know you're always sponsoring events uh, to give consumers more in-depth advice about particular aspects of the wildfire recovery process. Do you have anything uh, coming up that people can sign up for? We do. Um, so we have already done two of our uh, roadmap to recovery work virtual workshops for the 2020 wildfire impacted households um, and and you can watch the recordings um, of, and listen uh, by going to our website uphelp.org and then backslash uh, 2020 wildfires um, and you can register for to be on our mailing list and get notified of the next ones in the series but we will be doing that for uh, at least a full year um, at least once a month well thanks for all the great tips amy and thanks so much for being on the show Thanks, Carmen. Keep up the great work. Um, everyone, you can go to, as Amy said, uphelp.org uh, for all of their fact sheets, and we'll be sharing some of the most important ones as well at consumerwatchdog.org. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, chiming in, um, and remember, as always, to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm Carmen Balber, and thanks for listening. <laughs>